0: know now what I want to say in my intro for my podcast. I'm going to start with a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last podcast, last graphic, last painting, last blog post. There are so many forces out there that want us to be bland and that is not possible with this fro. I have too many thoughts about celebrating us reading what I want to read Pointing out donkeys, what links us together and shouldn't tear us apart. i also give you bonus content through 10 Froze bar on my Patreon. And if you become a melanated nerd, I also will share content about getting the real tea on reality TV. Join me in this episode of 10 is reading for the wild ride. And thank you for listening. Once again, just remarking on how far I've come in a very short period of time. It's getting up to a year where I've been doing marketing pushes to get my numbers up, change the content, revamp the show, and it seems to be paying off. At over 182K, who would have thought just in less than a year, I would be almost 200K in the game and still climbing. I'm also just grateful to my listeners, James Cook 527, Aaron Gilbert 221, Derek Keeley, Elmer Fontana and Fred Phelps. Thank you for the love. They've left me five star reviews. I'm really grateful. However, which I would love for anybody to do is become a melanated nerd or a patron of the shore. Leave me a tip. The links are in the podcast notes, and just thank you for listening. Tell a friend, drop a sister a tip if you want to continue to support this content. Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Take a look, it's in a book, a reading tenfold. I can. To know ways to grow a reading tin fro. I can be anything. Take a look, it's in a book. A reading tin fro. A reading tin fro. fro. I have spent my weekend doing what I do pretty much every weekend and for the last couple weekends anyways took my RV out to Harrison Bay it was great I wish I could stay longer but a day and a half is all me and my little dog can't tolerate now we're back trying my best to make sure that I don't have a lot of background noise to be edited out but I think that is the flavor of my show this is how i guess my listeners until i get a real sound engineer how my listeners are can expect and this is me staring up i'm braising i had braised some short ribs i'm having rice concoction and <clears throat> that i'm sauteing the rice now i'm using the juices from the ribs actually as a part of the recipe um, to cook down that I cook down to finish off this rice infused with garlic going to cut it down to low cover back up and let that cook for a few several minutes then I'm going to stir in some um peas and carrots. It's going to be bomb. Well, I, in this section of Tim Fro is reading and preparing for the Tonys. We don't even know if the Tonys are even going to go off this year with the Writer's Guild strike. And since I'm not a member of it and this is my show, I'm going to continue because my show is only partly scripted. By yours truly, since I ain't getting paid, doesn't really matter at this time. <laughs> but as I continue on my podcasting journey, I'm going back to um, and I'm determined to continue to finish reading Nini Leakes' book. And it's wild because the 15th season of Real Housewives of Atlanta premiered um, last week. And it was more like Real Housewives of Huntsville, and I'll actually get deeper into that on that upcoming segment. But I bring it up because I spent, even though I was out at Harrison Bay, I have an outside RV um, TV, and what was I watching? Real House rewatching Real Housewives of Atlanta. I rewatched it, rewatched it this morning. I rewatched it um, last night. That's just what I do. That's a thing of mine and makes me happy. I, to the chagrin of my neighbors, I hope it wasn't too loud, but I've been trying to finish reading this book. And I remember, I just recall that it is while that I'm watch, re-watching this episode and there's a part in the episode where Claudia, one of the other, housewives. And she really isn't married to anybody. She was married, but she divorced. She's not a housewife. She works on Ricky Smiley Morning Show. She read Nene Leaks for filth. And it was over something that was 20, 30 years in the past. And she basically stripped. She and And I'm on this, was on this part of the book where she basically related to why she was a stripper. Her first son, Bryson's husband, was very abusive. And she wanted him to have better things in life. Wanted He was in a private school. She knew she had to support that. So she was a model and also, but she made great money as a stripper. It was about survival. She stripped because she had to provide for herself and put herself through school. And she did it marvelously. I say all of that to say is I still have a little bit to go on the book itself. I'm about halfway through it. I'm determined to get through it because I think there's a lot of reality or her reality in it that uh, conform the show or basically shape this show. And the reason why I also bring it up is because I am also reading, was starting to just like the NCAA finals this year, female finals. And because of the writer strike, um, I started reading or and it's because it's new Sunday New York Times, um, the Tony Awards in the the art section of the New York Times, which uh, the Tony's supposed to drop June 11th if they don't get boycotted. And then maybe he should, because I think any of the musical scores or any of this stuff is African-American except for the three that I have come up with. And also, one of it is a play that I'm going to discuss in depth, The Piano Lesson. But how white is the the Tonys? Basically, these this is New York Times nods to the Tony. Um, Audra McDonald, best actress in a play. She says she'll definitely win for the Ohio murders. And we also got best actor in a musical. They said... Will win is Josh Groban for Sweeney Todd. Who should win is Jay Harrison, G Black Dude, some like it hot. He goes by they, them pronouns. Interesting, because there's also an extended article on how non conforming actors and actresses have to pick a gender when they are competing for the Tonys and how they have the non gender conforming categories. It would be half, definitely, of, it's like best actress this, best actor that, but there are a whole bunch of non-gender conforming creators and actors and actresses that don't conform to one gender. They are non-binary. And how even Broadway hasn't caught up with this recognition, I find that interesting. Baseline Salty is what I am. And in the maybe 20 years that I've had a subscription to the Sunday New York Times, I've never been so annoyed with the gray lady as I am now. So I know I'm behind and the Tonys are coming up in June. And so I said, you know, I was reading the Times, Art and Leisure section. I was like, oh, these are their predictions. Several names just popped out. In particular, Audra McDonald, because she has been in the news recently as just doing great things. I was like, OK, cool. And then I started looking at, well, I remember a time when I used to plan before I was able to afford to go up to New York and enjoy plays and just for plays I was planning on oh this would be kind of great I could go up there and blog and who are the top uh, playwrights and screen and then a friend uh acquaintance of mine has a pied-a-terre there and then I was like wait a minute hmm, Audra McDonald she can't cannot possibly be the only black actress up there then I got in down a foxhole No, she isn't. There is non-binary actors like J. Harrison G who have to basically claim a gender that he has no attachment to. I can't I can't remember the uh, is it the Guardian or Vogue or somebody that actually has an entire uh, spread on non-conforming actors and actresses that are non-binary that have to pick one and how the Tonys are behind on having non-conforming categories to the Tonys. And then you look at it, best actress for a musical, best actress for a play, new playwright, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I get stuck on shows like Kimberly Akimbo, too many stupid songs and too much teeth. I can't. I'm like y'all are killing me. So I was like, okay, that black, but who else is who else is supposed to get that? And why am I paying the New York Times Sunday Times fifty bones a month to tell me some shit that should be in their paper? And why is the great lady still as whitewashed as any? publication on the world. I pull up or Google Black playwrights of 2023 winning the Oscars. The Root has a breakdown of all the nominations. And if you would look at Arts and Entertainment, Tony Awards, New York Times, May 14th, none of these shows are on this bitch. I didn't even know who Corey Hawkins is and what is top dog underdog? What fuck is that? I didn't know all of these. Um, the vast, who Yahya abdul the second is? And he, not since The Wire and he, what is this? It's Wendell Pierce. He's been in everything. Got an Oscar nod for Death of a Salesman. Didn't even know that was in revival. This the kind of shit is going in there. I have to find out for New York Times, Samuel L. Jackson. And the reason why I bring this up, Samuel L. Jackson in the revival of August Wilson's piano lesson. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what, I vaguely remember this, but and I also looked it up because I'm still stuck on Nene Leak's book, Real Housewives of Atlanta. If y'all have not watched the season premiere of Real Housewives of Atlanta, there's a moment created between some random and Candy Burris, and there's also a allusion to uh, her husband Todd basically dismissing her and wondering why she can't be available to him as he's been to her. Candy Burris is a producer on a Tony-nominated play that's not a musical. And I have what I do watch most weekends and most days is reruns of Real Housewives of Atlanta and what she's been doing and how her musical actually closed. And then she had another musical that closed in the midst of COVID because um, Delta came through and shut down a musical. But this very well may get A Tony nod, not just because of Samuel, L., but it blew my mind that the New York Times didn't recognize the brilliance of this play. I'm blown away. And that's why I came back to why the New York Times is only a paper I'll continue to subscribe to because it's what I look up to because I know we're doing the same shit. But nobody in mainstream is still not reporting it. They have all of these except for, what is it? Um, It's something between Crazy and Fifth or something crazy like that. Because the great actor Stephen Henderson received a nomination for best performance between Riverside and Crazy. That's the only reason why I would want to see that. But white girl, stay last white girl standing and I don't want to see that bullshit. Sweeney Todd, I don't want to see that bullshit. Because there's so many great uh, African-American-led ensembles as well as playwrights that should get a Tony. Just like we get all these snubs and shit in the Oscars. Same thing is still happening on Broadway. We make one positive step. Audrey McDonald taking nothing away from her, but there are like 20 other actors and actresses working on Broadway that also should be nominated. Just saying. And I'm sure her performance in the Ohio State Murders. I'm looking for clips on that as we speak, because I know it's awesome. But then there's Amber Ruffin, co-writer Matthew Lopez for best book of a musical. Some like it hot. That's the one that Jay is in. J. Harrison G. Is that him? Oh, okay. I get it. Full drag. I ain't mad at you, bruh. There's Fat Ham. Nomination for a performance actress in a featured role in a play. That's Nikki Crawford. There is, he looks like bra man from The Fifth Flow. Saheem Ali. There is Jordan E. Cooper also from Ain't No More. And then, ooh, it's Krista Lucas Perry. She's also in also that musical. And this is Cost of Living by Carrie Young. And why am I going through all of these? Because there's so many of us that don't get the recognition we so duly deserve. There's Alex Newell in Shucked. And that's all I got to say about that. So many African-Americans are doing a damn thing. It's up to us to know And to uh, celebrate them, even though the usual suspects can't count on CNN, can't count on the gray lady, New York Times. I'm just going to find and celebrate greatness and creativity. And again, the only reason why I'm still give up that monthly fee for the New York Times is simply for uh, indications like this, because it wasn't if it wasn't for their article on the Tonys. I would not have looked up everybody else that was African American that looked like me that was also nominated. Just saying big ups to the right of the root that basically took the time to create this celebration with me. And I'm grateful for that. I have the opportunity and the pleasure to be able to subscribe to New York Magazine. Is this New York? Yes. And in one of the highlighted, well-written articles is about Shonda Rhimes. I have followed her loosely for the last several years. She taught a master class. Most people know her from not just recently, most recently, Bridgerton, but How to Get Away with Murder. I think she did that Viola Davis scandal. And then the doctor show on ABC, and how she infamously tried to get her family to get tickets to go into Disneyland, and by her right and the multimillion she's made for ABC and Disney, she they could float her some expensive ass tickets. Well, one of the workers took it upon themselves to basically ask the Shonda, don't you get paid enough? Can't you just pay for this? Yeah, but what of their this of yours and how much the billions of dollars she's in her franchises that she's made for this um, network? And why are you doing their dirty work? Is the bottom line. I would have lit his ass up and wouldn't have cared. And I think she did it much, much nicer than I did. I would have ever. One of the things that struck me about her craft is she really tries not to pay attention to hearsay and rumor. She doesn't bend to the machination of racists. She listens to her creative process, and I'm sure she's gone through so many people that want to jilt her, to steal her idea, and to make her feel less than like that security guard I'm sure, at Disney. But she keeps going and she keeps giving us great things. And while I was reading this is because I have been watched Queen Charlotte. I try not to listen to a lot of other people's opinion on how well the show was or going to be. Because I want to basically create my own opinion. And I feel free to be able to do so from my RV. I, for the last couple of weekends, I have actually gone to a great place called Harrison Bay. And this place is just a creator's uh, paradise. I am trying to open up the windows to get... Free flow, not of only ideas, but some air as I cook. My hot links on my stove. Too lazy to cook out on my charcoal grill because I don't feel like cleaning up all that mess. But that's neither here nor there. And this place next to the water is just so amazing in itself. But it's a little warm today. It's still considered spring in Tennessee Valley, but it appears that Mother Nature doesn't quite know that because it is quite warm and humid today. I have the pleasure of kicking it with my, I call him my mule mouth dog, Ethel, and I get to enjoy basically doing the same thing I do every Saturday, except this Saturday, I think I was a little bit more proactive. I decided to break down cardboard boxes of all the stuff that I bought for my RV, take the cardboard boxes to the, um, recycling area in Chattanooga, which is literally on its way. There's also one on the way. There's a couple of them on the way here. It's kind of dope. And it takes a special kind of person to, I guess, to man that area and it seems to be busier than usual. Thankful that I had mobility and lack of pain to be able to do all I needed to do today. Start up my truck, stock my RV, pick stuff up, and laugh at my dog. But one of the things I do I was able to binge watch full episodes of the full run of Queen Charlotte and I had read her story years ago and I still have the book I don't agree with the storyline that it it really wasn't rushed to me they highlighted what needed to be highlighted I don't know if the Lady Danbury character is based on truth I'm going to have to go back and review that but this um, piece in New Yorker she basically, Shonda Rhimes says she, everybody she knows can kick rocks. She had the budget, she had the vision, she wrote the script. She doesn't concern herself with the interests or thoughts of racists. And sometimes people that call themselves fans want to dictate what you can and can't create. She don't have time for any of that. And that makes her not only black excellence, but I probably will review this next episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta because it promises to be a doozy. But at the same time, it's not really reality TV, but it's Shondaland and it goes definitely is black excellence on steroids because it makes me happy to realize and be able to celebrate her brilliance and her creativity And I'm sure she came up with people that wanted to use her for her shine, wanted to get paid and didn't do the work. And I'm sure she's at the point of Boston's now that she doesn't have to keep explaining to people why she wants things a certain way, why you need to get fired because you're stupid. And I'm sure she had to tuck across and a whole bunch of people before she got the team that is allowing her to make the great things that she's making today. So hats off to Shonda, nurse of the Tucker Carlson's that don't know that y'all dumb and know you ain't getting paid for doing mediocre work. It doesn't happen in this world. Doesn't happen in Land and ain't happened in my world either. I freely admit that I was a royal file. I followed the royals. I was really excited about Will and Kate's marriage. I was also very excited about Diana and Charles's marriage. Um, I was excited about spent my 40th birthday for the platinum jubilee. I was also excited enough to rewatch the first televised coronation with Elizabeth II. I was naturally sad about her passing and even Philip's passing. I was um, excited about Meg, cousin Meg's, and Harry's, Prince Harry's, marriage and their decamping to California. I've been just uber proud of them. What I'm not proud of is this recent state of events. I know I I will probably never live. To maybe I won't. I'm sure King Charles is now what eighty thousand years old. Maybe I'll see William's coronation, or maybe it'll skip and go to other William, his son. But um, I'm not excited about these people anymore. I'm looking at this, the British Royal Farms photo, uh, official photo after his coronation, and I'm just looking at three generation of white privilege or supremacy i'm looking at the other photo with that old pinch face camilla and all i can think of is i think diana would have definitely she would not been a queen consort she would have been a queen i guess you can't help who you love but at the same time they did that lady wrong i'm just royally sad with it i haven't even watched the clips I mean, actually, we went to the, the, I think they call it the Bowery, where they keep the coaches and everything when I visited London. And I'm not so impressed with it. The royal family, to me, after Prince Harry spilled the tea, just makes me sad that they live pretty much in a gilded cave. Their lives are not their own. And Meghan is dancing around They're not even able to enjoy her kids will probably never enjoy the full range of it because it comes at a cost of their own humanity and the idealism that they want to portray, how they are badly managed. And they could have been the faces of the new royalty. And again, I've been saying this forever. They would have been made more relevant if they had been allowed to buck tradition and been allowed to fit in. But now they're being evicted from Frogmore. They're gonna have to pay them out back all that renovation money, because that's only totally fair to let a pedophile live there. They, he's not even a full-time worker. So how did he swing that? Also, he is the king. I'm more I was more excited about watching Queen Charlotte than I was about getting excited about seeing the pictures from the coronation because it doesn't make hardly any sense to me. It's just sad. The whole thing is just freaking sad, but I am excited about seeing what's next with Harry. How are they going to reinvent themselves? And if they're going to figure out a way to, for him to basically after he did spill all that tea, are they going to be able to, um, cool. <laughs> little aside, I'm actually leaving the uh, RV park. I camp for the last couple of weekends to Harrison Bay. It's an absolutely beautiful state park. I don't know if this was based on a British model or somewhere in Europe, but um, me and my dog are digging this freedom and how beautiful it is here. It's just exciting. And it's just really just Really, really, really cool. But as they all figure out their relevance, I can, I don't see the firm, is what they call the royal family, in this form making it into the next century. I think a lot of people are not going to be with it and they're going to be dismantled. It's going to be the first year where there's, there's going to be a fir- the first century that there is probably going to be no royalty, spe- especially in its current state, if they're not going to be able to figure it out. And I'm hopeful for them that they'll figure it out. Relationships are hard, y'all. I am well into my 52nd year, and I'm still learning. I used to read this Reddit thread about dating over 40, but I am in no position to comment on dating because I haven't gone out on a date in years. And when I read Modern Love in the New York Times, Sunday New York Times, that is, I always get a kick how some of the stories resonate with a crank like me and how some don't. This week's with words, a stranger grows more familiar. It's less about the same sex relationship that this woman is entering off of the heels of a long term relationship breakup. It's more about her lack of relationship with her own mother. And her love interest had lost her mother to cancer, and she basically said she was a strange, had been a strange from her mother for a number of years they walk around new york city so the uh new love interest remarks on how certain places reminded her of her mother how they had this great relationship and the other girl was like, well, she didn't have those references. She had built what she thought it was a successful life with a career, having friends giving, and all of these things. And she was like, just because I don't have a relationship with you, nan, nanny, boo, boo, I still have a life. Her mother ends up dying of advanced liver cancer because for the last several years of the love interest life or the girl's life, that's like the first the person who is speaking, I guess, in this article, she relates that her mother became unrecognizable, led to the separation of the girl's parents, blah, 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 blah. She dies of advanced liver disease um, in Tucson, and she did not get there in time to say goodbye. The reason why I'm relating this is because I spoke earlier in the year indefinitely um, last year when my father was murdered. And I expected nothing and I got a whole a lot more like a relationship with my sister um, and closer relationship with my maternal aunts. But it had been six or seven years that I hadn't talked, spoken to him. The last time I spoke to him, he was fussing at me. I was in the hospital and he was fussing at me. And I'm like, our phone works both ways you haven't gotten a new phone number since I was born. And that not our number was 45 years old at that time. And now I've had this number for almost 20 years, half that time. So whatever, uh, the pandemic came and went without me even checking in on him or vice versa. And it wasn't until he died violently at the hands of, Of someone he thought was his he considered a son. I did not enter that house that I hadn't been in since I ran away from there and called the cops when they, my mother and father, got into the last violent argument that would come that would come and my mother would file for a divorce finally. I only remember And the the gist of the article was she had to learn a whole nother language. She had to dig deep and create the language and remember what her mother was for the first 18 years of her life. But in my my um, instance, was I considered a daddy's girl? I'm not sure, because I realized when he died how little I knew of him. I didn't have a whole bunch of positive reference points. And I have to come to terms with that. I know that he used to grow weed in our backyard before it was even legal. He seemed to like dogs. I like dogs, I'm a dog person. We only had one birthday in that house, but I now I realize that that one birthday when I was four years old, I remembered the Tweety Bird cake and that my supposed half-sister was there the evidence of an extramarital affair. Who does that? I mean, come on. I remember him being said that he used to brag on me and mostly me and my sister for accomplishments that he had nothing to do with. I know you shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but there's just a lot of holes. I can't tell you what his favorite food was. I knew he actually was a relatively good cook. He had quarters level food in three freezers that we had to pay for to get rid of. I also remember that it was just so weird how he had a lock on the inside of a garage door. I don't know what he was hiding in there. We did find a whole bunch of tools and fish tackle and a great bike. But who was he trying to keep out when the enemy was actually in the house? I just am having to come to terms and I'm having to reach for positive things because every positive thing has like maybe 10 or 15 negative things that I can remember. He was a DJ. I would love to be able to invite people off to listen to all thousand, at least a thousand uh, albums. But then I don't want people in my space because I don't trust anybody. And that comes from many years of not being able or not feeling safe to trust someone who I call father or dad to be that close to me. Because people that get that close to me can call you moose and make you feel less than just because they do, because they have PTSD or et cetera. I've paid and did the work to get over mine. They never did got over theirs and they took it out on their own kids. And I think I still have more work to do to basically shore up the tools for me to cope with that type. And especially when it's compounded by such a violent loss. Again, I still have more work to do if I'm going to continue to go forward and continue to experience people and be able to meet them and also to deal with their issues, but not having to take it on to basically get me to not be positive and create positive things because I don't want to get bogged down with someone else's negative detritus. (laughs) The Final Frontier. The stories came contained within this content are the after 5 p.m. and before 8 p.m. escapades of a middle aged space nerd with a fro. Continuing to talk about things that only interest me for bonus content, I will talk about space news, pop culture in space, and shop talk, ramen and break down the latest episode of Star Trek, whatever is coming out from the latest franchise. And also whatever is popping in my head. If you're up for this journey, just know that this is a metered, shade-laced opinion. If you don't agree, don't subscribe, but I hope you will. And thanks for the support. The Shady Bunch. The Shady Bunch. I hope turning up for checks to pay for fake lifestyles were to be a part of the Shady Bunch. No. Martell is an idiot, but he is not Bob Whitfield. I have nothing to say of that. I'm sitting here watching the messy housewives of the A. And if they're getting back to the mess that was this franchise, I because it was love and hip-hop, Atlanta housewives, or the housewives of Huntsville, um, marriage, Love and Marriage, Atlanta. It was a whole bunch of stuff. And I'm sitting here watching this and Kenya showing three-year-old deleted DMs. I can't. And I don't understand why Candy just didn't walk away from that foolish girl who was just trying to have a moment. And she was saying she, she didn't want anything to mess up her brand and blah, blah, blah. And there's obvious issues with Todd and his out-of-control beard and I'm tired And I'm not sure even about this KFC commercial with the Nuggets because the ham-breaded chicken finger things from Popeye's are better. I don't know. Y'all are getting on my nerves for real. I just, I can't believe that I stayed awake for to fuss about the real housewives of the A or Huntsville because none of this shit makes sense. And a real breakdown, you gotta listen to Carlos King either on Spotify or his YouTube because he really and his guests are really good breakdown of the premiere of the first episode I don't know if this portends nonsense that's about to come I just hope it's not as bad as Real Housewives of Potomac because the last season was orchestrated by Jizzy Bryant and it pissed me the freak off but I had to get this part of my podcast done so I guess I'm just you expect from unreality tv even ethel is looking at me like i'm crazy because i'm watching this shit and i'm yelling at the tv because it's so stupid it's just dumb it's just so incredibly dumb and i know these people don't hang out with each other when the cameras are not rolling and barlow is gorgeous I didn't realize how pretty she was until they started showing her i've seen her on, even back in like season four or five when she was hanging out with nene marlo is kind of pretty and i know she's had work but she's kind of a gorgeous woman and the mess that she's always involved in kenny moore is absolutely gorgeous and a little bit of tea I got from, again, Carlos King. I don't like Drew. Drew is one of those non-existent characters, her and Ralph. Her husband, they're just such so fake. She didn't even make it to the premiere episode because they said they was, she was still negotiating her contract. She was trying to get them to add more zeros. Why? We don't like you. And... The viewing audience also know that for the first season, no housewife get paid anything. And why do you think you need to get paid more for what? You suck. Your storylines are fake and you're boring and we don't like you. They should give what they would have paid to Mon you to Mon Yatta. Be like her more. I love Sonya. Because she is a four-time Olympic um, champion. And now she shows back up. Why? Nobody likes you. And you get ready to divorce this fake ass, too. I can't. I'm so tired of these folks. And I'm sitting here fussing like I know these people. But this is what entertainment is, I guess, from the unreality TV. And I'm going keep fussing or not watch. And I want to watch. So that means I'm going to keep fussing. Who else? doesn't give a shit about Drew's EP, me, who's with me. I only rewound this part of the episode or this show. I'm talking about Real Housewives 15 because I tuned in a few minutes late because I thought it, it, it dropped uh, tomorrow, but oh, I'm yawning. Sorry, it drops on Hulu live on Sundays, but it doesn't come on Peacock until tomorrow. I now have found out that Drew is trying to discover her musical roots. I don't care, I literally don't care. I'm not even caring enough to even sit through this because there are more talented housewives like Candace Dillard Bassett from Real Housewives uh, Potomac of course Candy Burst Tucker of uh, even Dough eyed big teeth Portia Williams Stewart now Gabodia I'm just saying she just oh she's so annoying and Nene Leakes can sing too But I don't give a crap about Drew and her fraudulent life. I'm good. I'm kosher. She can go sit down somewhere. Has Real Housewife of Atlanta always been this uninteresting? I don't know if I've ever been so bored that I've fallen asleep every single time I've watched it. The second episode literally just dropped. Last night, and I almost missed it because it by the schedule of events has it premiering on Mondays. Uh, But I have Bravo as well as Peacock. And when I navigated over to the live TV, that's when I found out that it was actually casting or it was actually on the TV. So I stopped and I watched it and it was still pretty early. It was only eight o'clock. And then I just sat there and I watched. I guess I yawned and I must have gotten halfway through it and I fell asleep. So I decided this morning to try to see what part that I missed. And that is effort going off at the pool guy, I think. So I'm going to have to get up and close the door. As I was saying, we got a lot of shade being thrown right out the gates on this next episode. And I'm sure other war experienced podcasters will also uh, have their opinions on this show, but I am annoyed for uh, several reasons. I kept thinking I missed something. So I would rewound and I had fallen asleep and I kept falling asleep twice. So I rewatched it. I got up finally, put on clothes, you know, and started watching it. I watched it again. And then I rewound the end because I thought I had missed something. And, and I came to the same conclusion. Everybody seems to be reaching for a storyline. A lot of the previous storylines have been played out. And I'm really sad if the heyday for this franchise has come to an end when it's been a crown jewel in the Bravo, Real Housewives, the totality of it all. I actually visited Blaze um, last year, but hadn't gone to OLG. And because I can't get into my favorite campground um, <laughs> any of the next couple of weeks, I'll probably uh, make another trek down to Atlanta to basically get me some OLG wings, do some research to see if Olay has opened up, which is the Mexican restaurant um, and whatever pizza shop. I thoroughly enjoyed my martini and that fried lobster tail. It was bomb. But... (sighs) That episode that part of the episode where they were recording with uh, Todd and Candy, there was a, a distinct disconnect. And I got it when they were recording last week too, where he was all into his meeting about his movie. And I picked it up again on this episode when he was talking about he's made as so much money opening restaurants than he's made ever in his life. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, but would you have had the same success if you didn't have the backing of Candy and her aunts, which the OLG is based on? Even Blaze, that's the daughter that you made with her. And I don't know if production is really setting them up to make him look like the opportunist that mother Joyce always thought he was just saying, but I was destroyed. It's like, I'm making more money. These restaurants, my restaurants, his ideas, Hmm. they got a prenup, but I'm wondering how much of that is candy on all of those restaurants. And if they were to separate, would they be able to share? Because he's having his glow up moment. And it's like, he's kind of dissing her. I don't think being a selfish superstar, as she is. She going to tolerate it because he looking a little crazy and looking a little bit dismissive. And it seeming like he's getting further and further away from being the same thankful person that he is. Yes. He's worked hard to establish all of these spots. The money is rolling in. However, It seems like he may have forgotten who and what he is. And also, I think I went up there to Blaze because Melvin, her kitchen manager at Blaze, actually came in with the sling. And I didn't realize I said, are you going to talk about this? Dude got shot by a drunk employee Uh, and Sheree saying this BS about biscuits or bullets. You don't know what you're going to get. And she's saying some really stuff that is that could possibly damage the brand because the people ain't trying to go no place where um you're gonna potentially get shot. So she needs to pipe down. Also, she got her own reasons. She got Martel's cheating ass, he's all dick and no brains, and then she's a mom. and because Cairo don't know how didn't they have this discussion? About even with this so stupid father, Bob Whitfield, telling him about being protected. And now he has a six month old daughter um, and Sheree is a grandmom. OK, I right. um, and Drew's back. I guess she finally signed uh, her contract. So they made it seem like she was just away in Chicago visiting family. But she didn't film because she Possibly couldn't convince them that she was more important than the pittance that she was getting paid. And that's and that there is no negotiation. She's so delusional. She's delusional with the thinking that Bravo need to pay her more money to do what to annoy us all. And her vocal stylings, um, she says, everybody was like, oh, you did so good. Da, da. No, we didn't. We don't care. I didn't even remember. She sang happy birthday to Sheree. I'm, we good and we don't need that EP I need to see here some more Candace music because I think she's actually talented if she's going to do more collabs with the likes of Trina oh yes most definitely or the likes of Adina Howard for all of that but Drew EP with that little uh fake Ralph no nah, I'm good I really am And that's it for this episode of Ten Fro is Reading. You know, I talked cash ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that, haters. I may take it on the road. If I get hint-hint sponsorship, navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms, and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend, and thank you for listening.